All right. Are we ready for this? After giving myself an extra 24 hours, I certainly hope so. Hey, welcome back to the Insert Clever and Witty Name Here podcast. My name is Mike, and if you're just finding this for the first time, first of all, thank you for tracking it down. You can check out the archive of all the stuff that we've done up until this point online as well. And obviously, if this is your first go around with us, not welcome back, but just welcome. Appreciate you checking it out. I always keep these to about 45 minutes because I know you have other things going on in your life. You have other podcasts you want to check out. So bada bang, bada boom, get you in, get you out, and hopefully entertain you along the way with some stuff that I come across. Um, for those who don't know, my name is Mike, and you may recognize the voice, first name at least, from My Mornings with Mike Pesto on the new My 97.5. Now, why don't I go by Mike Pesto? Well, Pesto is not my real last name. Um, I may, at some point, almost assuredly I will get into the last name and have that be an entire podcast at some point. And some of the uh, issues I had with my actual last name growing up and why I decided to change it years ago, the story behind that and how it became Mike Pesto uh, and some other incarnations (laughs) that I've had with the last name along the way. And I've always said with these podcasts, I want them to be real. I want them to be raw. It's why there's no pre-produced open that you'll hear in a lot of podcasts. There are no sound effects. There's no bells and whistles. There's no producer. There's me in a guest bedroom in our home in Visalia just kind of giving you me, raw, unfiltered me. And, and last week was pretty raw in talking about my dad. And the eulogy that I gave for his services last week, which is why last week's podcast was a day late. I always try to drop these on you on Mondays, but I was just emotionally and physically spent after publicly saying goodbye to my dad for the last time and spending time with family and friends and for everyone who reached out and helped me get through the past week in particular. Thank you. That really, really meant a lot to me. I'm not going to forget anyone who did that. So that's why last week's podcast was a little late dropping on you. I got that to you on a Tuesday. Well, here we are once again, another week and another podcast dropping on you on a Tuesday. This had nothing to do with that, although maybe it did, in retrospect, have something to do with my dad because something happened with my car, which I will get into in a bit. I'll save this for last because there's a question I want to ask you in relation to what happened yesterday, but my battery died and had roadside assistance come out, give me a jump and then drove it to the dealership, Nissan of Visalia here in Visalia. But something happened on the way to the dealership that has me wondering if maybe my dad had a little something to do with it. Uh, I'd like to think that he did, but I'll explain that um, in a little bit. Um, I do want to also let you know that there are other things past the podcasts on this site that are for much, much older, um, much shorter form stuff that I did years ago with a previous previous morning show partner of mine, John Young, when we worked together at 104.9 The Wolf in Peoria, Illinois. There are some other things that I did after losing my job there for the year or so that I was out of work, looking for work, and just some things that I put together because I was going stir crazy. So if you want to check out any of that, 
It's all online for you. Once again, the insert clever and witty name here podcast. You could always search for it as well. Alexa, Google Home, many just ask her to play it for you, and she will. So I want to dive into this first. This past weekend, I uh, don't know if you'd noticed this, but August 1st, MTV turned 40. Momentous occasion for MTV. Not that they play videos anymore, anymore. That's the joke. But that's all they did at first. And then the MVTJs. I don't know what they were called. And I don't know anyone who was a part of that original lineup with MTV. Because we lived out in BFE when I grew up in rural Illinois. It was uh, the town of Huntley. I'm sorry. The village of Huntley, Illinois. Well outside of Chicago, but northern Illinois, McHenry County, um, the closest bigger cities to where I grew up would have been McHenry, which is where I went to high school for two years, which coincidentally, and I think I may have mentioned this before, is where they shot Groundhog Day. That town square, which was supposed to be Puxatawney, PA, was actually Woodstock, Illinois. I, at one point, knew every single business around there because, again, I went to high school there for two years. And then family moved to Salinas, California, went two years to Palma High School in Salinas. So that was uh, or is um, a somewhat larger city. I would guess maybe the size of Hanford here in the South Valley Maybe 40,000, 50,000 people, possibly 60 at the absolute most. And then there was Crystal Lake. Not the Crystal Lake from the Friday the 13th movies with Jason Voorhees. Not, not, not that same Crystal Lake, thank goodness. I went swimming in that lake. Never saw anyone with a hockey mask. But Crystal Lake nonetheless. And that city, probably a little larger than that, maybe... 60 to 70,000 possibly. And then again, the village of Huntley, maybe the size of Exeter <laughs> here in the South Valley. But again, growing up in BFE, we didn't have cable. Nobody in our neighborhood had cable. And this was long before Dish Network and things like that. So if you didn't have cable, you had an antenna on your roof. Now, thankfully, where we grew up, we were on a bit of a hill compared to some of the other neighbors. So we picked up some decent signals from Chicago. That's where we got all the TV stations, but no MTV. That was exclusively on cable. So the only way every single week, and tell me if you remember this, the only way that I saw any music videos once a week, Friday night videos with the pencil-looking thing that was a neon that broke through the neon glass and then kind of rotated Friday night video. I used to sit there with uh, my finger on the pause button with our VCR. Remember VCRs? And I used to record the videos so I could watch them during the week and then get my fill. And then the next Friday, I would record the next round. And, and I would do that every single week. So I, I never watched MTV. I couldn't tell you any of the, the original cast. Uh, Martha Quinn, was that one of them? You probably know much better than I do if you had cable growing up. I didn't. But one thing I did come across is Rolling Stone. You know, they know a thing or two about music. So apparently years ago, and they may have done this on MTV's 30th anniversary, I'm not sure, but they revised this list that they came out with years ago of their 100 greatest music videos. 
And uh, I don't have time <laughs> in the 45 minutes or so that I want to spend with you this week to go over every single one. I'll give you the top 20. And being uh, associated with music. Now, granted, the station that I'm on, my 97.5, uh, it's relaxing favorites at work is what we play. If you haven't had a chance to listen, I'd love it if you did. Whether you live in the South Valley, Kings or Tulare counties or not, you could listen online at my975fm.com. We have a mobile app. So get to your app store, Google Play or the Apple App Store and just search my975fm and it'll come up. You can listen anywhere in the world. But uh, we play Commodores and Celine Dion, uh, Hall and Oates, um, Adele, songs that you know very well, songs that you have the words memorized. You can sing along, or if you're at work, you can whisper along or just sing along in your head. Uh, relaxing favorites at work is what we call ourselves, and we play your favorites. So some of these artists... Keep in mind, it's been a very, very long time since I've done anything that even resembles Top 40. First station I worked at years ago, 1988, 102.5 Kadon in Salinas, California. And that was one of the last times I worked a Top 40 format, just contemporary music. Um, worked at KLUC for a little while in Las Vegas. And I may at some point get into some mistakes that I've made in my radio career, and I've certainly made a few, and more than a few when I worked at that particular station weekends when I was also working at Sports Fan Radio Network. But suffice to say, outside of some weekend shifts that I'll pull every once in a while now on uh, Hits 104.9 here in the South Valley, uh, going by the name AC. So if the voice sounds familiar and you've always thought, is that the same guy? Yes, it's the same guy. Just use a different name. Just go by AC on Hits 104.9. I'm not really familiar with a lot of contemporary artists. Like at number 20 on Rolling Stone's list, once again, this is the 100 greatest music videos. DJ Shadow featuring Run the Jewels. There are lots of jokes in there I could throw out, but I won't. Their song, Nobody Speak, and the video for that, there's a still that they have with this article on Rolling Stone. It looks like some older gentleman on top of a desk, possibly at what may be UN headquarters in New York, because I see some country flags behind him. He's holding a, a flagpole with the American flag on it. And not familiar with the artist or the song, so moving on. to 19... Not familiar with the song, but the artist I am, Radiohead, and their song Paranoid Android. Not familiar with the video, but based on the still, it's animated. So that's kind of cool. Number 18, very familiar with the song and the artist. Just surprised that this one is at number 18, and it's the highest song for him on this list. I would have picked a different song, Prince, and his song Kiss, the video for that. Dove's Cry, I would have had ahead of Kiss, but again, I don't work for Rolling Stone, so I didn't get a vote. That's at number 18. Number 17, again, not the video I would have chosen, but you had to have at least one of their videos, and it's the highest one. Maybe there's some other ones in the top 100, 
But at number 17, Duran Duran, with the song that kind of introduced us to them, decent enough video, but they had some ones that were better, I think, Hungry Like the Wolf at number 17. At number 16, an artist I'm familiar with, but a song I'm not, and certainly not the video either, Missy Elliott and the Rain Super Duper Fly is at number 16. Number 15, an artist I know, but not the song. Again, the White Stripes at 15 with their video for the song Fell in Love with a Girl. Finally, a song I'm very familiar with. The video, the artist, the song, and kind of surprised it's not inside the top 10. Aha! And Take On Me, the one that was animated. Obviously, there's no other song of theirs, no no other video of theirs that's anywhere close to the top 10, but they're at number 14 with that one. Here's one that surprises me. And and that won't be the last time I say that. A lot of these have surprised me so far. But the song was that really put it over the top. The video was just okay, but it's the song that really introduced all of us to grunge. Nirvana and Smells Like Teen Spirit at number 13 on this list from Rolling Stone. Again, the video was just okay, but the song really is what made it. Beyonce, not the last time we'll hear from Beyonce, by the way, at number 12 with the video for Single Ladies Put a Ring on It. And at number 11, before we crack the top 10, George Michael and his song Freedom 90, which, okay, and that's as close as he got to the top 10. So top 10 now. Michael Jackson at number 10 with Billie Jean. Now, if you're anything like me, you were thinking, well, this can't possibly be the last time we hear from Michael Jackson because, well, there's another song and I'm sure you know which one I'm thinking of, that certainly deserves a nod above Billie Jean. So we'll see if we hear from Michael again. At number nine, surprise, they're in the top 10. I would have had them top 15 with this one. Guns N' Roses, brilliant video. So, yeah, okay, I guess it's hit top 10. November Rain at number nine on Rolling Stone's list. Peter Gabriel, At number eight with the video for the song Sledgehammer. Cannot argue with that one at all. I remember watching that one on Friday Night Videos quite a bit. Beastie Boys, they're inside the top ten as well at number six with the video for Sabotage, which gets us to number five. I love New Order. I do. I got into them when Substance came out. So this would have been late 80s. And then really got into everything they did prior to that and then after that as well. But the video for The Perfect Kiss at number five uh, is more than a stretch. It's If you've not seen the video, it's basically them in a studio, sound studio, recording the song for the album. And it may have actually been the actual recording. It may not have been, but that's the whole video. Okay. Uh, Number four, an artist I know, a song I'm aware of, have not heard the entire song, but I know the song was far ahead of its time, and it's not all that old of a song either. Childish Gambino at number four, and his video for the song This Is America gets us to the top three. Madonna with an appearance in the top three. A little surprised it was this one, but this is the one they went with. At number three, Madonna the video for Vogue. At number two, talk about another head-scratcher. Johnny Cash at number two with Hurt. Now, I have to just repeat, 
This is a list from Rolling Stone magazine, and they too tend to lean a little rock and old school. So I guess I can't be surprised, or at least that surprised, by Johnny Cash and Hurt being at number two, knowing this is a list put together by Rolling Stone. And then I did say Beyonce would be heard from again at number one. Beyonce and her song Formation. Now, I mentioned Michael Jackson. And this is where, and and maybe I should have picked a different list because as far as I'm concerned, you disqualify yourself from putting together a legitimate, decent list if you do not have Michael Jackson's thriller somewhere in the top one. (laughs) I'm sorry, but on every single list of greatest videos, Michael Jackson's thriller has to be at number one. How do you not have Michael Jackson's thriller at number one on this list of the 100 greatest music videos? Now, when I saw it wasn't at number one, I didn't even bother to look any deeper than the top 20 to see where it may have landed or what reasoning maybe they gave. They have to have given some reason. If it's not in the top 20, they must have explained why it is they decided not to have it. The only thing I can think of is that when it was released, it was almost marketed more as a mini movie than it was as a music video. So maybe on a technicality, they decided to leave it off, but no, drop that technicality and throw that back in at number one. Should be on everybody's list, Michael Jackson's Thriller, but uh, be that as it may, happy 40th birthday uh, to MTV. Um, all right, let me hit this, and then maybe I've got one other thing I'll hit before I get to that story about my car and my dad. I came across this this morning, talked about it a little bit. Social media-worthy foods. Uh, there's a there's a prep service that I use to put things together for the show. I find things in all sorts of different places. Yahoo is, is a great resource for me. There's a, a site called FARC, F-A-R-K.com, that is, is incredible as well. And they're just things that people throw at me. By the way, again, if you ever come across anything that you think is noteworthy, something I can have some fun with, whether it be on this podcast or on... My Mornings with Mike Pesto on My97.5. Please do email me, Pesto. Actually, uh, Mike Pesto, M-I-K-E-P-E-S-T-O at M-E.com. So Mike Pesto at me.com. Uh, and again, I've got a, a little prep service that I look at some stuff every once in a while as well. So I came across this social media-worthy foods. The thing that grabbed me with this is the one that's right at the top. One in three, so 33% of us, have ordered food at a restaurant, obviously, that you had no intention of eating. The only reason you ordered it was because you maybe saw a picture on the menu, someone told you that it looked cool, and you wanted to take a picture of it for your socials. (laughs) Seriously? (laughs) That's where we are now. Reality doesn't matter anymore. It's all about socials. And trying to become the next influencer. My daughter's nine years old. And if you were to walk up to her right now and ask her what she wants to be when she grows up, she will tell you 
happily, gladly, I want to be a YouTuber. That is what she wants to be because she wants to be an influencer. She already is. She, my daughter has the personality of a college freshman. She is inquisitive and she's energetic and she's caring and she, she has so many of the qualities that you would want in someone who's in their late teens, early 20s. The problem is she's nine sometimes needs to be reminded that she's nine. But she wants to be an influencer because in a very real sense, she already is. Um, you know, We spent the weekend at Disneyland and uh, California Adventure, Southern California, Anaheim, and I don't think I took a single picture of, of any food that I ate. I did uh, Monday, so yesterday, take a picture of... An Italian beef, Italian sausage combo that I got from Gino's East in Riverside. And for any of my friends who are familiar with Italian beef sandwiches and, and Italian sausage and you live in California, you, you have to get to Gino's East. First of all, it is authentic Gino's East. They do Chicago-style deep dish pizza, which I'm sorry, deep dish pizza is the only pizza that needs to exist. Thin crust, that's a snack. Deep dish, that's a meal. So if you want a snack, fine, go right ahead. You could polish off an entire pizza that's thin crust. You could only probably take down two, maybe three slices of a real authentic Chicago-style deep dish pizza uh, and not have room for any dessert. You have the thin crust, you're ready for a second pizza after that one before you could pop polish off another slice of the deep dish but i took a picture of this combo that i had the other day and i posted it on the station's facebook page and then on my instagram as well and then that carried over to facebook so i don't take a lot of pictures of my food and the picture that i took it, it certainly wasn't taken to present it as a cool looking food to me it looks phenomenal because i grew up in the chicagoland area and i love Italian beef sandwiches. It was my dad who actually got me into the combos. I didn't like those at first, and then he finally talked me into trying one. And at, if place has a combo, that's all I'm going to have from this point on. They're just so good. But yeah, social media worthy foods. Again, and the other stat that on that was on here that kind of blew my mind a little bit, but nowhere near that that one in three is twenty seven percent. Of people admit that their diet has changed because of them ordering foods that look good to take pictures of. At least, so at least they're they're eating the foods that they're taking pictures of and then getting at restaurants. But again, they're still ordering because of how it looks, so they can take a picture for their socials. That's um, again just one of the things I talked about earlier this morning. I mentioned this as well. And then we'll get into that story about my dad and spend some time talking about that for the time that we have left. Um, by the way, if you don't have your Armageddon bingo card, you may want to go ahead and grab that right now. I'm sure you already have COVID-19 checkmarked. If you had the Delta variant with COVID-19, make sure you check that box too because obviously we've got that going on. If you had murder hornets, make sure that you, you, you get that in there as well. And now... If you have the plague-infected chipmunks box, go ahead and check that off because in South Lake Tahoe, 
They are dealing with an infestation of plague-infected chipmunks. This is still 2021, right? I mean, we haven't jumped in Doc's time machine and gone back in time to the year three. (laughs) I'm not even sure. When was the Black Plague something that we were concerned about as a society? It's been a minute or two. And I don't know what happens with chipmunks when they get the plague. Maybe they're just carriers. It doesn't affect them at all, like like West Nile and mosquitoes, unfortunately. I talk about a subject that hits close to home with the passing of my dad. But I can't believe this is really a thing. There are places in and around Tahoe that have been closed because they have trapped some chipmunks. I don't know why they would do it. Maybe they just do this on a on a regular basis. And they, they test them for rabies and things like that. But the good news is apparently they caught this soon enough that no one should catch the Black Plague. And they haven't had any transmission from chipmunk to human yet. But again, they are keeping people away from those areas where these chipmunks have tested positive for it so that uh, it does not become an issue. So if you happen to have plague-infected chipmunks on your Armageddon bingo card. Make sure you cross that off. And if that's a bingo for you, let me know again. Email me. (laughs) Mike Pesto at me.com. All right, so before I get to to my dad, I want to wrap with that. I do want to spend a little time talking about it. I didn't tease this at all, but I did write this down, and uh, shame on me for not checking out the cue cards to uh, have teased this earlier. But we spent the weekend at the happiest and most expensive place on Earth. Well, actually, second most expensive place on Earth. The most expensive is Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida. But the um, happiest place on Earth and its sister park, Disney California Adventure, this past weekend. And it was it was cool. It really was a great time that we had to, to spend with family. I may have mentioned before, and it was just the four of us, so my wife and I and our two kids, that this was supposed to be my daughter's eighth birthday present. The thing is, she's nine and a half now. Um, actually, yesterday was that. Actually, no, I take it back. Today is that mark. So happy half birthday to my daughter today. So we told her last year for her birthday, we could either get her a present or, because her birthday is in February, she could wait a little while till it warms up a little bit and then we could go to Disneyland. That's what she opted for. And then <sighs> COVID-19 happened, and apparently that took precedence over our trip to Disneyland and California Adventure. So we waited for the parks to finally open again, and they have. And then we waited a little while longer for Avengers Campus to open and some other things to settle down. And then finally this past weekend got there. And We have not been to any Disney park since... Star Wars, uh, their new land opened up, Galaxy's Edge. So we haven't been on Smuggler's Run, and we had not been on Rise of the Resistance until this past weekend. I have to tell you, I am the type of person, and I did this when I saw Penn and Teller in Las Vegas. I will sit there. I want to be as close to the front row as possible so I can watch and try to figure out tricks. Maybe not exactly how they do it, but at least figure it out in my head to think, okay, well, maybe they did this, or it's possible they did that. 
And I remember um, Penn and Teller actually had a show on for a while where the whole gist of the show was magicians would do a trick for them and a studio audience as well. And they had to figure out how the trick was done and then tell the magician, you did it this way, kind of whisper it to them so that it did, that way it didn't ruin it for the rest of the audience. And they had to be honest about it. And if they, Penn and Teller sniffed it out, they said, thank you very much. If they weren't able to, or if they got it wrong, they were invited to come to Las Vegas and perform that trick on stage with them. And there are a couple people who got a chance to do that. I wouldn't say I'm on a level with Penn and Teller by any stretch of the imagination, but I can figure out, okay, what's, what's feasible? What, how could this be done? And I'm happy with that. I don't have to nail every aspect of it. So this doesn't ruin anything for anyone. With Rise of the Resistance, although if you want to be completely surprised, you may want to, let's skip ahead five minutes <laughs> on this podcast. Because you're in a little waiting area. And then you're taken outside to a courtyard and onto a ship. And as you're on the ship, you feel the vibrations and you take off. At least that's what it looks like is happening. That you take off from that ship and you're going to rendezvous with some other rebellion forces. And then you're caught in a tractor beam and taken aboard a mothership from you know the bad guys. I forget, is it First Order or whatever they're calling themselves in this particular incarnation of the Star Wars galaxy, but you're taken on board that ship. Now, I noticed in walking onto the ship, I, I saw that there was another set of doors exactly opposite of the doors that we got onto the ship. So I thought, okay, cool. Well, they're going to open those doors and we'll continue on with the experience. To my surprise, they opened the same doors that we entered the ship from. And we weren't outside anymore. Now we were on board the mothership, obviously indoors, and a whole battalion of stormtroopers in front of us. And the cool thing is they're all robots. That That is amazing. I mean, granted, they've got the suit on, so you can't tell if that's a human in there or not, but having done some research on the ride, I know that they're all robots. And there's a Kylo Ren robot later on that I, I swear <laughs> his movements do not look like what you typically think of for a robot, but I was tripping out for the rest of the day. I would just out of the blue say, seriously, how did they do that? To this point, I still don't know how they did that. And what really tripped me out was we were the last ones to walk off that ship into the, the waiting area and then continued on. And I don't want to ruin the rest of the ride for you. Ruined enough as it is. But so we're in the last part of the line and, you know, the ship is well there. And then more people get off of the ship. Like it was empty. Where did they magically transport more people from to now get in line behind us. I, it was it was just something that I, I was hoping to get on it again, but they're doing virtual lines now. So at a couple times during the day, if you have the Disney app, you, you hit, you know, you want to join the group and then you luckily to get in or you're unlucky and you can't get in. So I was able to get in once of the four opportunities that we had throughout the, the two-day stay that we had there, one at 7 o'clock, one at noon. 
and I got on day one, the noon, and I wasn't able to get on again. I, I really wanted to because I was trying desperately to get, to get on that ride at least one more time to see if I couldn't figure it out. It's going to have to wait till the virtual lines go away. But, um, yeah, uh, I was just beyond uh, perplexed trying to figure out exactly how they did it. Um, one other thing I learned about myself and how I differ from my wife when it comes to the experience of, of Disneyland or anything that you spend a lot of money for. I am cheap. <laughs> I think I may have mentioned that before. And that manifests itself with a trip like this. I, I don't mind spending the money, but damn it, if I'm going to spend the money to get to Disneyland, the happiest and second most expensive place on earth, I'm going to spend every moment there in the park. I'm going to be there for rope drop, which if you don't know, that's literally the way it worked back in the day is they would have a velvet rope and you had to stay behind it as cast members would walk from one end of the park to the other. And as they got to the back end of the park, they would drop the rope and you could kind of peel off at any point you wanted to to get in whatever line you wanted to get in. I want to be there for that every single time. So I want to be the first one for the day to go on the biggest attraction. And then I want to be the one who has to get kicked in the ass by Mickey Mouse to get out of the park at, uh, it's 11 o'clock now. I think, actually no, 10 o'clock is when they're closing the parks now. I want to make sure I get my, my money's worth. Same thing when you go to a buffet. Go starving and stay until your jeans pop. You get to the point where they're losing money off of you having been there. I, I've got the same approach for theme parks as I do for buffets, as I do for anything of that nature. If they're going to give you that amount of time or eat as much as you want, damn it, take advantage of that experience for as long as you possibly can. My wife, on the other hand... Uh, and I would imagine this is probably indicative of most people. You're there until you get fatigued, you get a little tired, and then you go back to the room, you rest a little bit, maybe you go to the pool, you get inside, and maybe that's when you eat, you check out a show, or maybe a parade. Ah, no, you go 500,000 miles per hour from the moment you get there to the moment you leave. Though That's one of those vacations, you need a vacation after the vacation type trips. So uh, that's how I look at it. You may look at it completely differently. If my wife was here, we'd be arguing about it, I'm sure, in a very good-natured way. I promise you. But um, that, that aspect, I'm sure I will get into a little bit more deeply in subsequent podcasts. But I want to make sure I get back to the story about my dad <coughs> and what happened yesterday, which is why, again, I'm getting this to you a little late, 24 hours late today. So I, I got to the station yesterday, same time I always do. I had no issues with my car whatsoever. Uh, it, it did sit for the weekend, which you know, it sat the weekend before that. So maybe it was lonely. I don't know. I didn't want it to happen for a third weekend. But drove to the station Monday morning, got there shortly after 5, as I always do. No issues whatsoever, no dimming lights, no problems starting. It was in a hard start. It started right up. Went in, did my thing, left, got back in the car at the end of the afternoon, and push button start, started right up, no problem. 
Had to make a run to Costco, which I did. Picked up some things there. Was inside for maybe half hour, 45 minutes at the most. Started up, no problem once again. Went home. Was there for maybe a half hour at the most. And my son had a dentist appointment uh, for his braces, actually. So went, uh, got them in the car, hit start, and it was fast. It was steady. Lights didn't dim. Windows still rolled down. So none of the telltale signs of a completely dead battery, but obviously didn't have enough juice to turn it over. So that's weird part number one. Weird part number two is my wife then had to take off the rest of the afternoon. She had to work from home so she could take our son to get his teeth. Actually, he needed to have a wire put in and tightening it with the braces and all that fun stuff. So she took him to his appointment. She came home, and then we used her cables to try to jump the car. Didn't work. And we, she was revving it, and I was trying it. We tried a, a couple different ways and configurations and the whole deal, all the little tricks that I've learned having worked at a gas station years ago. So I, I, I know how to jump a car. It wouldn't work. I have no idea why. So odd thing number two. Call roadside assistance. Thank God we have that. And gave them the address, said I'm in the driveway, said it was going to be 45 minutes. It was about 20, 30 minutes. So showed up earlier than I was anticipating. Got there. He attached jumper cables, different set of cables, I will say. So maybe the cables that we have, they doesn't conduct a, a strong enough current. But he hooked it up to his battery on the little minivan that he drove. And I hooked it up to mine. First try, not a problem. Started right up. Wasn't going to risk it after that. So I, I got to get this car to the dealership. So I drive to Nissan of Visalia, here in Visalia. And on the way there, it was hesitating and stuttering, and not stuttering, sputtering, and just very hesitant. And every time it would do that, like it was running out of gas, although it wasn't, every single light on the instrument display lit up like a Christmas tree. Every time it would hesitate like that. And I immediately, at that point, I hadn't connected all the dots until that point, but at that point, I thought, this reminds me of when my Uncle Jerry passed away. My Uncle Jerry was, at least from, from my standpoint, you know, every family has that uncle that you talk about that does practical jokes and has fun with the nieces and the nephews and all that fun stuff. That uncle was my dad for everyone else in our family. For me, that uncle was my Uncle Jerry. He was always pulling fast ones in a very fun, good-natured, loving sense. Um, but from my recollection, also was never one to to tell you, yep, that was me, yeah, or I got you, or whatever it was. Just, oh, well, well, what, what's going on? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> and then maybe you'd find out later that it was him. Maybe you wouldn't. But after my Uncle Jerry passed away, and I don't know if I ever shared this with my cousins, um, his sons, Chris and Dale. Dale is a few years older than me, and Chris is a year or so younger than me. Chris actually came out for my dad's funeral weekend before last, which it was so great to see him. But for 
a few weeks, maybe a month or so after his passing, every once in a while, when I would come home, or actually when I would get in my car to go to work, I would see the driver's side window was rolled down. Or sometimes the driver's side and the passenger side, the two front windows, rolled down. And I thought, all right, may- maybe, maybe I forgot to roll up the windows. Although I'm very careful to roll them up every single time I park in the garage because every once in a while when I didn't used to do that, Spider would go in there and make a home and I'd be <laughs> fighting through cobwebs first thing in the morning before I drive to work. So I um, I just thought, man, that's odd. And for whatever reason, I, you know, I was thinking about my Uncle Jerry anyway because he had just passed recently. I thought, I, I wonder, is that, I think I may have even asked out loud, is that you? Is that you, Uncle Jerry? And then nothing would happen for a few days. But again, I always said in the back of my mind, well, well may, maybe it was me. There's a possibility it's me. Then something happened that told me that there's no way it was me. Parked at the station, did my show, came out afterwards, and driver's side, front, Passenger side front windows rolled down. Now, there is no way I would have done that at the station. Just it, it, it would not happen. First of all, I wouldn't roll down my windows at 5 o'clock in the morning driving to work at that point. There's no need to. Second of all, I'm parking it outside. So, no. And there were times I remember, it's during the rainy season is when it happened here. I thought, well, thank goodness it didn't rain. <laughs> Otherwise, the entire interior of the car would have been wet. So with that in mind, I and I don't know. I mean, there's no way to definitively prove if my Uncle Jerry had anything to do with the windows rolling down or not. And again, I haven't asked my cousins, his sons, if they experienced anything after his passing. But with my car doing something I'd, I'd never seen it do before, I, I couldn't help but think about my dad. And I think, I wonder, because my dad, again, was was the practical jokester on our side of the family. He just wasn't the uncle because he was my dad. And I, I, I want to think that it was him. Um, I miss him quite a bit, as you can probably imagine. In fact, when we were at um, Disneyland this past weekend, the last ride that we went on, and I didn't necessarily go into the day thinking I wanted to do it this way, but whenever you go, you don't know what's going to happen. You know, life could happen. We may never get a chance to get back to those parks ever again. I made sure that the last attraction that we went on was Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Because when we used to go to Walt Disney World when I was a kid, and there were several trips, we would drive from northern Illinois to Orlando. We were that family growing up. We had a huge, not a minivan, an actual van. Um, So we would drive and stay at campgrounds and KOAs and things like that as we drove across the country. Never stayed at a hotel. It was always campgrounds as we made those trips. We made two or three when I was younger. And at the time, Walt Disney World still had Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. And I remember being on that ride with my dad, and my dad would always have me drive. And I would negotiate that course. If you've ever been on Mr. Toad's Wild Ride in Disneyland, you know the steering wheel does nothing. 
You couldn't have told me that when I was a kid. I was driving that vehicle. And I remember the, you know, all the, the mayhem that is caused by Toad as he's driving. And then going into the courtroom and the judge saying guilty and then the train coming at you. And then why you end up in hell, I have no idea. It seemed a little dark for me as a, as a kid and even to this day for a Disney attraction to send you to hell. <laughs> but that's what happens on that attraction. So I went on it, and I, I went with my wife, and I drove. Because whenever we're in the car, and I'm, a, I'm with my wife, chances are I'm driving. And um, I cried, thinking of my dad and, and missing him. And now that I think about it, Mr. Toad's wild ride, issues with my car yesterday. I wonder if my dad did have something to do with it. And if he did... I thank him, and I pray it's not the last time he makes his presence known in my life. However he wants to do it, I hope that he does it. And I hope for your sake as well, if there's any loved ones that you are missing terribly, that they are somehow able to make their presence known in your life as well. Thank you as always, for checking this out. And I will do everything I can, dead batteries included, to make sure I get next week's podcast to you on Monday as opposed to making you wait an extra 24 hours. I hope you think it was worth it, and we will reconvene once again next week. <laughs>